Welcome to Just a Thought with your host, Mark Short. I'm Mark Short, and welcome to Just a Thought. It's hard to believe that my dad's been gone for nearly nine years now. It was in May of 2011 that Joplin, Missouri was hit by one of the worst tornadoes that ever happened in terms of number of people that lost their lives. I believe the final count was 158 killed with another eight indirect deaths, which are just way too many any way you look at it. Though my dad wasn't a part of either of those numbers, he did pass away from a heart attack two days after the tornado hit that community where he and my mom lived at the time. It's one of those events that I can remember almost every detail from because we had just left Joplin the day before the tornado happened after having been there the whole week before and having the honor of speaking at the funeral of another very important person in my life, Fred Frank Sr., just the day before that tornado hit that community. Fred was one of my spiritual fathers and mentors, and we had been together with his family and several friends in the hospital that actually the tornado hit with such veracity that it moved it off of its foundation several inches. They eventually had to tear that hospital down completely and rebuild out on the highway there in Joplin. But I'll have to admit, going through that period of time was one of the most difficult periods of my life most difficult times I've ever had to negotiate through personally. And yet God was always, as he is, faithful and there to guide me and help me through some very challenging days. After everything that happened during that time, I started getting introspective and and looked at my life in terms of how healthy I was or wasn't in several different areas, of including my relationships, my my financial position, my spiritual well-being, and especially my physical wellness. I felt like my relationships were pretty strong at that time. Of course, any relationship we have can always stand a little more attention. My financial position was a little challenged at the time, considering we had stepped away from our position as senior pastors after 23 years at the same church, and we were trusting God totally to help us meet the monthly bills we had in the position we held at that time as directors of a foundation here in Indiana. Salary was just a little bit lacking there for several years, but I knew once some opportunities fell in place, we'd be okay because God's always taking care of us. My spiritual life was strong, though I'll be honest, I'm just like everyone who sometimes goes through seasons that we struggle to exercise the spiritual disciplines we know will help us and benefit us if we'll be faithful to those things. It was the last area, though, that I really started looking at the hardest, which was my physical wellness. It was not good. I really wasn't having any particular issues, but at that time, I weighed in at 307 pounds. Yes, 307. I can't even fathom that number myself, but that's where I was. And looking at pictures from those days, I looked horrible. In Lisa's words, you look bad. Thanks, babe. I appreciate that. (laughs) One of the pictures that was taken on the day of my dad's funeral, I'd shaved all my facial hair off for the first time in years. And in fact, none of my three sons, uh, who I don't know how they were then, nine years, they were in, Brock was in his late 20s. None of them had ever seen me without facial hair. I had a beard or a goatee or mustache or something the whole time they'd been alive. And so for the first time in all those years, I shaved it off. I was completely bare face, no hair whatsoever. And all you could see was this huge bloated face that was not pretty. Uh, Wasn't all that pretty with the hair on my face, but it sure wasn't without it. And that picture And I go back and look at it every once in a while now just kind of to remind me that it helped me see what I'd been looking past for a long time. 
My wife was right. I looked bad, and I didn't feel good. And having just lost my dad and one of my spiritual fathers in the course of a week, I can't remember what the defining come-to-Jesus moment was in particular, but I knew I needed to make some changes. It wasn't easy, but I realized if I didn't, the problems I wasn't having yet were just a matter of time. I started watching what I ate. I started getting physically active, and I don't remember exactly how much I lost, but I think it was close to 70 pounds, and all I did was just start walking and eating better. I did that for a while, and of course, I started feeling better and had more energy, and all was well, and then I got less intentional and started eating more and stopped walking regularly, and before I knew it, I'd gained back 30 to 40 pounds of the weight I'd lost. A couple of years passed when I once again decided I needed to get intentional, so for a period of five months, I walked literally 10 to 12 miles a day and ate primarily low-carb food items. I lost 62 pounds to the lowest number I had been in years. And guess what? It lasted until I stopped doing what I needed to, immediately starting gaining what I lost all over again. So last fall, I determined that I could no longer commit myself to only a season of eating and exercising to lose weight. This time I needed to let these things become the way I lived, which means doing what I need to do and keep doing it. So every day, I get up with the intention that I will do what I have to do to meet the daily goals I've set for myself. And now, almost eight months later, I walk every day. I eat what I need, but no more. I eat what I want, but I don't eat and eat and eat. What I do, though, (laughs) is walk and walk and walk. And when gyms were open, I did other things that helped me be physically stronger because I'm not quite as young as I used to be. It's a little more challenging to do the things I do regularly to the degree that I purpose to do them, but I won't let my age or lack of determination interfere with what I know I need to do at this point in my life. So why am I sharing this today? Because my thought for this week comes from what I've learned with this ongoing battle to be physically well. Not only physically well, but relationally well, financially well, and spiritually well. You have to set some things in order, and you've got to live according to those orders. When it comes down to it, I've learned through life that we will do what we want to do. Some people's going to make excuses. And, well, I can't do it because of this. I, well, if I had everything fell in place, if I wasn't raised this way. No, here's the bottom line. You and I will do what we want to do if we will. Remember those three words. If we will. And there's a lot more to those three words than just thinking about them. Power isn't in the thinking, if I will. It's in the doing. If all it took was thinking about something, we'd all be in perfect relationships with no problems or challenges. We'd all be rich with no financial needs whatsoever. We'd all weigh the perfect weight, whatever that is, and we'd all be spiritual giants. But as Kenneth Hagin used to say, you can't get it wishing. And as the Bible says, you can't add one cubit to your stature by thinking or worrying about it. Things get better when we turn our thinking and our wishing into intentional actions and doing. It comes down to if you and I will or if we won't. If you will, then you have to know that it takes work. Lots of times way more than we think. And for some of us, way more work than we're willing to do. A part of counting the cost is looking down the road to what you're working so hard for and saying, you know what? I'll do it because it's worth it. The summer before Lisa and I got married, I was in desperate need to make money, mostly because I didn't have any, so we could get in an apartment and have something in the bank before I started back to school in the fall after our wedding. 
The only job I could find that paid more than minimum wage was working for a guy in our church that put me on top of the Dallas Convention Center doing repair work on the roof uh, of that building in 110 to 112 degree weather for the entire summer. Was it the hardest, most difficult, miserable work I've probably ever done? Yes. But was the cost worth it? Was to me, because I was in love and wanted to do whatever I had to do to be able to marry the woman I wanted to spend my life with. Would I have wanted to make a living doing that work forever? (laughs) Absolutely not. The things in life that are worth having are worth paying a price for. And that summer, I paid a price because I wanted to get married to the love of my life. The things in life that are worth having are worth paying a price for. That bears repeating. That's why I just repeated it. It's worth making sacrifices for. Doing what you might even think you aren't able to do until you do it. I tell you what, that summer doing that job demanded that I pay a price, make personal sacrifice, and do something that I'm pretty sure I would in no way be able to do at this point in my life. But in that moment of time, God helped me do what I needed to do. And the job served its purpose. It helped me provide for us what we needed. That was the hottest summer I can ever remember. And literally before 10 o'clock in the morning, it was upwards of 105 to 106, 7 degrees. And it was just, it was horrible. But God gave me what I needed in those moments and at that time to be able to do the job I needed to do to accomplish what I need to accomplish so I could reach the goal that I was after. You know, to see the best relationships that we can imagine, we have to put the most we can into seeing those relationships become the best they can be. I can give you all kinds of ideas today, but I'm trusting that most of you are pretty smart people and you already know what you need to be doing and putting into those relationships that you're in to make them better. It's just a matter of doing those things and continuing to do them. That's the thing. Sometimes we'll start doing something and as long as saying, you know, once we get to a certain place and, and we think, okay, it's good now, then we stop doing doing those things, and then all of a sudden, we're back to square one. Our relationships start falling apart, or they start breaking down. Can I offer this piece of advice? Whatever is good enough to do for a little while is good enough to continue doing for as long as it needs to be done. And that may be forever. It's just a matter of doing things and continuing to do them and continuing to do them so that what can be produced will be produced. It's kind of like when you want a garden. You have to do the things it takes to produce some good taste in corn and tomatoes and potatoes and okra and whatever else you want to grow. It doesn't just happen. In fact, it doesn't happen until you dig up the ground, plant the seeds, water them, nurture them, and give them a chance to grow. It takes work when the crop comes in. Oh boy. But let me tell you, when that crop comes in, nothing tastes better. Lisa had a little experience with growing a garden, which she had never done before when we first got married, that showed her the cost it took to actually grow something you could actually eat when you had grown it and it finally produced a crop. She and a gentleman in our church in Mead, Kansas, first church we pastored, little church in Mead, Kansas, out on Highway 54 in Southwest Kansas, we got to be friends with a couple, and he happened to own the pharmacy there in town. His name was Dean Gates, just a real gentleman. And they had some property outside of town on where they lived, and he and Lisa got to talk, and they would invite us. You know, they were considerably older than us, in fact, old enough to be our parents, although we were their pastors. And they got talking about gardens and something, and he said, well, you know, I've been thinking about maybe 
maybe a plant in the garden back on the back part of our yard. And, and Lee said, well, we ought to do it. And he said, would you help me? And she said, well, sure. And so they took on the task of planting this garden and they dug it up and tilled it and they planted seeds. And I don't even know what all they were going to grow, but I do know this. About a month and a half, two months into the process, as things did begin to grow, also a lot of the different weeds and other things began to grow among what they were trying to raise. And Lisa found out that it was a lot of work to keep all those other unwanted things from growing up and and basically taking over the garden. And when it was all said and done, I don't remember what was produced and what they actually got, if they got some tomatoes out of it, or I don't even remember now, but I do know this. She found out that in order to actually grow a garden, it took a whole lot more than she ever realized to keep things in order and keep it the way it needed to be so that she would get out of that garden what she really wanted to get out of it. You know, we're in a season right now that hopefully all of us are doing some introspective examination and we're looking at the areas of our life that we've made excuses for long enough. I'm going to get real with you today. Just cut the excuses. Stop justifying why you've made poor choices in all the areas that we've mentioned today. Stop making yourself feel good about areas that you know aren't good in your life. Stop doing the things that make for poor relationships, poor financial positions, terrible health, and a lackluster, half-hearted relationship with God. You can do better if you will. And if you won't, then you'll continue down the same path, going in the same direction, and end up with broken and fractured relationships, owing everybody money that you spent on things that you really didn't need, being unhealthy because you just didn't want to make the effort to eat right, exercise more, and live a healthy, balanced lifestyle, and you'll end up spiritually bankrupt and destitute. Say, well, that's kind of negative. No, that's real because that's where too many of us are. We don't want to make the decisions and do the things that we need to do, and yet we expect to be healthy, wealthy, wise, great marriages, relationships, and otherwise. And like I said about the garden, gardens don't just grow. You got to plant seed. You got to take care of them. You got to keep them watered. You got to pay attention to it if you want it to really produce what you want it to. Here's the deal. Jesus did everything for you and I to have an unbelievable relationship with him and to literally prosper in all the different areas that I've talked about today. And we're wasting opportunity to walk that out every day in the most wonderful of ways because we're lazy or at the very least uncommitted, even though we'll swear up and down that we are the most committed Christians and people you've ever met. But I'm saying prove it. It's time we plant our garden and put the needed work into it so that we can start enjoying the fruits of our labor. Lisa said something just this last week that really made me think. She said, don't you wish you had started eating better and walking and exercises more than when you were younger so that you would have felt better all these years instead of just these last few? My answer to her is, yes, I do. I really do. But I can't go back. I can only take advantage of right now. And if I will, things will be different as I move forward. And so will you. No one can do these things for any of us. We have to do them for ourselves. Put in the time, expend the effort, and with God's help and the encouragement of those that love us, we can change a lot of things in our lives that need to be changed. If we will. Well, that's my thought for today. In the words of my good friend Bill Partridge, has anyone told you they love you today? If not, I love you. Until next time, stay safe. And God bless you. 
Thanks for listening to Just a Thought with your host, Mark Short. If you have any questions, comments, or have any prayer requests that Mark can pray over, please email him justathoughtmark at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe and catch new episodes each and every week.